I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could offer me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. It is coming on! Robbie, Robbie, weekly. Little reverse pass. Hello and welcome to the 42 Rugby Weekly. Murray Kinsa here filling in for Gav Casey. He is over in Liverpool for Katie Taylor's big fight. Best of luck over there, Gav. Joining me as always is Bernard Jackman. How are you, Birch? Good, thank you. And we're also joined by UL Bowes head coach, Neve Briggs. How are you, Neve? Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, flying here. Really excited for a big European weekend. It's really rolled around nice and quickly. And listen, there's only one place to start. It's going to be Monster Wasps Sunday, 3.15pm in Coventry. We've heard John Mitchell, the assistant coach in Wasps, saying they are not the favourites for this game. Some people are telling me that this would be a miracle match outcome for Munster, and others actually have Munster down for a definite win, Birch. What's your sense of it right now? Uh, look, I think they'll, they'll probably win. Um, I think they have enough quality there. Uh, Europe is special for, for Munster. Um, the pressure's on Wasps, regardless of what Mitchell says. Uh, and I, I actually haven't looked at what the bookies are doing, but I, I just think Munster will... We'll get the job done. I watched Wasps against Worcester last weekend. I think they're they're not in a great place at the moment. Obviously, a lot of injuries themselves, and yeah, I think Munster will go over there and and the youngsters who get a chance to be involved will will pitch up, you know, and maybe play at a level um, above what they've ever done before because of the emotion, because of the opportunity. Um, and I'd be really disappointed if we don't see a big Munster performance. Mm. It's funny how it's kind of rebounded to this, Neve. At start, it was, will they be able to actually fulfill this fixture? Then you're thinking they'll send over the, the Espoirs and, and might take a bit of a hammering. But now there's a, a bit of belief there. You've actually been in Munster quite recently as a as part of their coach development. What was your sense of, of what was going on in camp? Yeah, I was in there last Monday week because he invited us all in um, prior to knowing this, to be fair. Um, and then... Uh, stuck to his word. It would have been very easy for him to close up shop and um, and not have us in. There was about 15 coaches, I think, on the sidelines observing. Um, and a couple of things. The, what blew me away was the no sense of panic or anxiety. There wasn't. It was all very calm. Um, and those senior internationals, um, particularly Peter O'Mahony, blew me away in terms of their leadership, I don't think he made a mistake in the whole session. Um, like technically, so so good, and we kind of forget that because we see them from a supporter's point of view or a a punditry point of view, where you're talking about the team as a whole. But um, how they dealt in, and what Cosy had passed on to them. So he called them in that morning, apparently, and um, sat them down and said, "Okay, look, there's eight internationals here. Um, I think it was eight or nine, and you're effectively going to be eight or nine coaches for the next two weeks." And um, and you could see it, you know, at one stage, Joy Carberry pulls everybody in and he speaks to them about their attack. Damien Delende pulls everybody in with Conway and they speak about their hammer defence. And they just all took on a leadership role. And you could see the academy boys at the very start were like it was a million miles an hour at the start of the session. You know, balls dropped and, you know, players running into each other. But there was just, you know, a huge sense of calm from those coaches and and from that leadership group and um session was really really good and you could see them feeding information to them all the time and and yeah i just I thought i was actually really impressed to be honest coming away out of us sounds really sounds really fascinating just to, to get a nice out of up close and even talking to johan van Graan and ian costello on the press conference yesterday you get a sense of how different it is because johan is in a hotel in limerick doing his self-isolation and ian costello is there running the, the show in the hpc Birch, like, like there are nine international players, as Neve mentioned, there still available. 
there's a couple of guys who just got back from injury, including Roman Salnoa, Tighthead, and now they're they're talking about a couple of guys coming out of that self isolation to to actually play this weekend. So they're going to end up here with a pretty strong team, Bernard. Yeah, they will, and, and the guys coming out of self isolation or isolation will be, you know, tried and tested uh, pro rookie players. So a lot of the, the the talk about the youngsters, you know, there might only be very few of them actually needed. Um, so they'll be surrounded by. Uh, by experienced players even more than obviously they've had for the last two weeks of training but uh, yeah uh, look at uh, there's obviously some rumours of COVID in the group that came back so we're not 100% sure um, who's affected by that um, but yeah I, I just think in the, the very strong back line available it's it's just that front five um, you know the, I think they'll be trying to fill some spots on the bench um, from some of the lads who went to South Africa originally because I think that's that's just the area that uh, there's most need mm. like you've got a, a great spine there in terms of Kilcoyne and Byrne and your captain O'Mahony and, and the two halfbacks in, in Murray and Carberry the, the full backline really maybe one academy player in there if I had to ask you Bernard about you know that those handful of young guys are going to be involved is there one young player that you would particularly be excited to see involved for, for Munster this weekend I'd like to see Kandelan I'm not sure if he's if he's um, available but uh, from my from my understanding of the guys who were left behind, it's only Pete in the in the back row who didn't travel, who were, who's like the the tried and tested, um, and you know, I, look, we've seen some you know, likes of Hodnett, obviously, but Kendellan for me over the over the course of the the Six Nations of the summer, um, you know, really really impressed me, and if he's he's the youngster that comes to mind that we haven't we obviously seen from Munster, would not. Not, I haven't seen him play ten or twelve games for Munster. So, and he's a guy who looked like he had the, the maturity to to step up in an environment like that. So, without knowing is he available or not, he's probably the player I'd, um, I'd love to see playing the European Cup. What about you, Neve? From those maybe in the academy players and youngsters who've been left behind and, and trained away in Limerick. Yeah, I think Owen O'Connor is a, a big one in in second row. I think he's coming back from an injury. Um, he looked really impressive at training the other day. He's as big as. Tom O'Hearn almost, I think, in terms of height um, and really good prospect at underage. Just think he's had such a bad injury. He had a really bad knee injury that literally kept him out for two seasons. So I think um, he's nearly there. And um, yeah, Tony Butler is this 10 that's really burst onto the scene over the last probably 12, 15 months, even though it's been very little rugby. He's from Ennis, product of Ennis. And um, I watched him play against Connacht A a couple of weeks ago. I watched him over the summer playing against Leinster um, and he's really, really good. I think he's going to be involved with the Irish on the 20s. Um, so, yeah, he's he's another good product, another good 10 um, that Munster are starting to turn out. Mm, they have a few of them. Uh, you mentioned Ian, Ch- Ian Costo earlier on um, and he's obviously kind of running the, the show really on the ground in, in Limerick and you've worked with him and you know him particularly well from, from Bose. What can you tell us about him as a coach? Like, What would you say his big things have been and what kind of imprint will you have been leaving on players this week? Yeah, so because he's class, I think in terms of how his ability to communicate with players, I think that was one big thing that stuck out the other day. I think he's obviously been around um, those older Munster boys before because he was involved um, as a skills and technical coach before he moved into backs and then he went away to Nottingham and Wasps. I think the big thing for him and, and observing him over the last couple of weeks is um, how much he's grown as a coach. I think... His defensive structure and his philosophies are so, so good. His attention to detail is like something I've never seen before. kind of reminds me of that Joe Schmidt era. He's He can pick things out really on the fly. Um, and 
I just love the fact that he empowers players around him to make good decisions, to become good leaders. And yeah, I think that his time in England um, really attributed to his ability to, you know, when you, you, you both know this, but when you start to come into coaching, you want all the control because you, you feel like everything you need to know and you need to be able to tell, give all your information out. I think that his time in England has shown him that he doesn't have to have all that control, that he just has to concentrate on one or two things and empower other coaches and players around him to to deliver his message, I suppose. Um, and he, he does that. I, I actually, he was buzzing lads last Monday. It was just like, he was like a child at Christmas running around. Um, so, yeah, look, I think he's really grown into this role. Um, I do think he was 100% the right man for that job in terms of that academy. Um, I've seen it firsthand over the summer. Um, but I, I, I do think that his knowledge of Wasps um, and his ability to coach that level definitely meant that he was the right person to fill in for this couple of weeks. Yeah, one of the many coaches who I think gave up trying to coach me how to tackle people. So um, God bless him back in the day. Birch, <laughs> like, it's great for coach development. It's great for the player development guys who never would have had a sniff of a senior training session. I've been in some under-19 players registered to European squad. And there's a real like sense of excitement around Munster, even from the other provinces I'm sensing it. It obviously is not like so far from an ideal situation what's happened and obviously we want everyone to get healthy but if they can pull this off this weekend long term there could actually be a bit of a benefit I'm thinking from this for Munster. Look at um, absolutely I think it could uh, you'll end up having had people talking to people they never talked to before um, guys getting a taste of it certain people who, you know who maybe were target earmarked as being you know potential Munster players may disappoint and, and others who who maybe they weren't sure about will step up into the challenge and it kind of look at it it's in a different way it reminds me a little bit about Connor getting stuck in Russia you know and how that gelled them um, and you know everyone making their own way through different parts of Europe back and became a little bit of a journey but uh, something that they they still speak about as being key that season and you know um, there's an opportunity for Munster here to despite all the distractions and this is where look at uh, to be honest I think when I'm saying I think Munster win, I'm I'm taking it back to the to my generation, um, who you would have thought, or I certainly would have thought, would have thrived in this type of environment, backs to the wall. And in fairness, when when I think about it, this generation hasn't proven that yet. In actual fact, I'd probably question why they haven't found, uh, you know, why there hasn't been a revolt, or why they've taken not winning um, so so easily, or or hasn't haven't found a way to win. But this may be the the opportunity. In, in, in horrible circumstances that gets that spike in emotion which has always led to Munster being at their best hmm. well we got a scrum related question um, on this game from Jer Murphy on Twitter Bert you might be well placed oh, answer this that's for me is it no <laughs> <laughs> I know you're still learning about that side of the game just like me and Eve. he said does Roman Poit being the ref for this match on Sunday people may have forgotten that bring even more tension he says he's half joking but in a serious context does this now suit or which team does this now suit at the scrum he says if in doubt full forward what do you reckon Bert yeah well no absolutely I, I actually really like Roman Pot as a referee and I know he drives certain people mad but I like <laughs> him because he's a personality and a character and even when he gets things wrong um, you know he admits it afterwards and, and he's a he's a likeable guy off the field which I think has helped him in France Um you know, and he's had an incredibly long career. Look at the reality with Roman is, um, he's not that worried about technical technical laws around the scrum around scrum. Um, it's it's about dominance, and and that's the one area that Was will feel 
um, given that Munster obviously have a have a more stacked backline, um, that they potentially can get an edge there. And they look back at Munster against Ospreys even, um, when Munster had, you know, a, a strong front f- uh, a pack where they were found wanting a little bit um, at scrum time. So I I would say that's the major worry for Munster in that if Roman gets an idea in his head early around who's dominant. Um, it may be very difficult to, to change that. So, yeah, I, I, as I said, I don't know what front row, what pack Munster are putting out, but I would say that'd be the main area of concern for me is that they sounds fucking, uh, paint a good picture, but basically <laughs> show show Roman that they're they're at least equal to Wasps in this area. Yeah, it's going to be a fascinating part of it. Uh, John Mitchell mentioned as well that they're they're keen to stress Munster's fitness, take them deep into the game, see how they come out of this tough period obviously not having played a lot together but they have their own travails I suppose Neve at the moment five defeats in a row as Birch mentioned the form isn't good big name players injured at the moment Joe Launchbury captain Dan Robson your scrum half Malachi Fekatoa got injured that resulted in Alex McHenry going over there on, on loan you have Jack Willis still coming back and, and a couple of others so like are they any good do you expect them to be a, a, a major European challenge or are they in a tough place at the moment no, I agree with Birch said earlier on. I think they're in a really tough place. Um, I think that they, they're still getting players back, though. So they, Jimmy Goppard played last weekend for the first time in a while. Cruz came back last weekend. And I think he's, or was due to be back last weekend. And they decided they'd wait until this weekend. So they definitely have enough players to be able to go and do the job. And I think that, you know, it's such a typical head coach trying to take pressure off your own players by saying, like, oh, how, how it's very <laughs> soccer, isn't it? How can we be, how can we be favourites? But... They're in a really difficult place, and I think, um, and I know they got to finals and stuff the last couple of years. But for me, I still think they're trying to search for their identity. They've had a huge amount of moves over the last ten years. Um, the that old school Delalio, you know, Josh Lucy, uh, Joe Worsley, that group, a bit kind of like Monster in that sense that, you know, they. The evolution of the club and and what's happened to it since hasn't really at least hasn't really lived on that past glory and I think that that's why this is so interesting because Munster are still trying to compare themselves or not Munster but Munster supporters and people want to expect Munster to be challenging for European cups and challenging for trophies and it hasn't been the case and are you know I think we think all the time about you know why aren't they and they should be in. Winning trophies is a really difficult thing, and winning European trophies is an even, you know, harder thing to do. And um, but I think for this Wasp squad, I, I, I still think that they should have enough in 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 what they're doing to to be able to put it up. But I watched that game last weekend against Worcester, and while they can do things quite well with ball in hand, their defense was incredibly porous. Um, they didn't look like they had much cohesion um, and if if it's going to be any team that Munster could go and get an away victory it, it, it will be Wasps I think mm, It's going to be an absolute classic Before we move on from Munster we got a question from Niall Lennon on Instagram on a different topic uh, I would love to hear both your thoughts on this really He says Could you discuss the whole Jack Crowley scenario again? Do you think if he had his time back that he might go abroad if he got the chance? What do you reckon Birch? Yeah I think you well, look at that uh, um, I think you probably would um it hasn't really fallen for him the way um he would have expected and that's that's not down to anyone's fault the monsters just to um the way he had a couple of niggles early doors um in fairness ben healy has taken his opportunity and warrants the game time he's getting and then obviously they're trying to get joey up to speed um so he's been getting lots of minutes so um 
It definitely hasn't. He hasn't got as much game time as he wants. Um, I'm not actually sure if he was free to go to La Rochelle or was he still under a, an academy contract um, at the time as well. So it mightn't have been as blatantly clear as as maybe it looked. Um, I know Rod certainly inquired about him, but I, I'm not sure if he if he was contracted. Um, and obviously Munster wouldn't have wanted to let him go. But look, at it, it's only December. Um you know things change very quickly, and uh, um, I certainly believe, as as a lot of people do, based on what we've seen him at underage and at club level and, and glimpses, is that he has the talent. And and if you have the talent, you just need an opportunity. So um, it is something I know that one of the questions came in um, around the new format. Does that help or, or or hinder young players like like Crowley? It definitely doesn't help them um, in terms of. Um, obvious opportunities when internationals are away to play in the in the URC, but you know we've been crying out for a better product uh, and have our star players playing more. So um, you can't have it every day, and it's up now to the the powers that be to to find opportunities, and whether that's AIL, or, which I would like it to be, um, or whether it's A games um, or something else. But we need to see him playing on a regular basis so that when he gets the opportunity for Munster, he is match ready as well. That was Jamie McGilloway, by the way, from the, the members WhatsApp group, members at the 42.ie, if you want to join in there. He said he'd love to hear about the, the impact of the new league format and lack of games for players and the importance of the AL. And, and Neve Crowley has been playing there, even at fullback with Khan, but he's a he's a massive talent, isn't he? Yeah, he is. I just want to say, Burst um, took the words out of my mouth. I think the new format probably hasn't helped him. The fact that probably Joy Carvery was struggling for form and consistency at the very start of the season meant that you need to try and give him as much game time. Um, but also, I watched him a couple of weeks ago during that um, window where there was no games in the autumn series and he, he was playing against Connacht A and he played at 12. And I thought he was probably one of the best people on the park. That, that day, that back, that back row was uh, Jack Daly at seven, Kendellan at six and, and Jack O'Sullivan. And they and like Papali, like Connacht were fairly stacked as well, to be fair. And um and for me that back row and Jack Crowley were incredibly, incredibly good that day. And that could be an, an option too for them. I think Munster are crying out for a ball playing twelve. I think centre is definitely something that they're probably don't have a huge amount of strength and depth in. And if it's a case that you put him into twelve to shift that playmaking duty one away, which is really probably where the game is going now. Um could be an opportunity for him, but I, I do think he's an exceptional talent. And um, it's just unfortunate for game time. And we see it not just with Munster, we see it with Leinster as well, with Burns Brothers, we see it in other places too. But I just think when um, he's that good, you've got to try and find a way to get him mm. in there. Yeah, loads of excitement for the future. And indeed, the, the very... Uh, immediate future at Munster it's going to be a great weekend Leinster are the first of the province up in action on Saturday 3.15 against Bath at the Aviva Bath 9 defeats out of 9 in the Premiership they've got injury problems themselves Stuart Hooper seems to be under massive pressure Birch this it looks like being a, a one way traffic for Leinster yeah they will and I think um, he he won't he won't feel he's going to get a huge amount out of this weekend to, to help him um, I think it's a foregone conclusion that Leinster win um, unless they totally underperform um, and I don't think they will I think the Ulster game has given them just a little little knee jerk uh, rea- reaction they've got a knee jerk reaction from that that'll last for the next six or seven weeks at least um, and yeah Stuart Hooper they're looking for a defence coach um, and that's he's desperately trying to get one to come in and, and help them to, um, 
you know, shore up their defence and that may help them save his job. Um, and yeah, they'll just be hoping to get out of Dublin with some positives. Um, and it's it's actually, it's, it's, it's terrible because when you look at their players individually, they actually are putting out really good teams, um, and they've had, they're having some really good individual performances. But, but collectively, but that's been breaking down. I mean, you know, the the word on the street in in, in rugby circles for the last two years is the bat wasn't a happy place, and um, there was a lot of things happening in terms of the management that players didn't really agree with, and um, it's manifested itself now in obviously nine nine losses in a row. But. Uh, yeah, it's um, and coming to Dublin on, on the back of nine losses in a row isn't um, isn't a nice 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 fixture fixture to have. It's not ideal. What of Leinster, Neve? What have you made of how they've been tracking this season so far? Yeah, look, I think it's kind of hard to it's kind of almost in two parts for me. So you have that Irish contingent that um are playing so, so well and full of confidence. And then you have the next group down that I don't think have the same cohesion that we're used to. Um, I think at times um, they've lacked that uh, kind of ability to be able to get to the edges of true hands, no matter what the number is on your back. I think that we've been so used to looking at, you know, forwards down to, you know, backs and, and having that interchange happen really seamlessly. I just don't think we've, we've seen that as well this year. I think this might sound a little bit controversial, but Leinster without Johnny Sexton are a total different team than with them. Um, he seems to drive that around um, and he, more than anyone, is so, so important to how they play. Um, and yeah, look, I think they have loads of players individually that are really, really on top form um, and they've just got to get that, you know, that flow, that continuity back together again by playing more matches. I thought they were poor at the start against Connacht this weekend. Um, but then I also thought that Connacht held the ball very well. But they managed to come out of it and they were so, so good in that second half. Um, they just Their ability to feed off people's mistakes and to punish them at the highest level um, is one of the best. And um, yeah, look, I think... I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on whether Harry Barron has nailed down that second ten spot. Um, I, 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 my 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 jury's still out in it, I think. But um, yeah, I, I'd love to see. I'd love to see them just kick on from that last weekend. I and I and I don't think that I think that Bat won't offer that opposition to do it. Mm, that seems like a pity. And actually, the the burn thing is one of the other questions we got from Leinster Roby Gifts. They asked about some of the big selection calls this weekend: Frawley or Henshaw at twelve, Adam Byrne or Larmer on the the right wing, I presume, and Ross Byrne or Harry Byrne Birch. What do you think? Which which way would you actually like to see Leinster go with that ten selection? I go Ross. Um, I go Ross to be honest, and uh, for the there now, for the here and now, and um, I, I I look at I, I think whatever ten plays they'd win, but. Um, if you get if you're gonna go with Ross next week, um, which if Johnny's still out, I think I think you probably have to. Um, that's the call there, and I think Frawley might start at twelve. Um, this week, um, and just give him another opportunity to to impress. Um, and I don't think you're you're losing anything with him. I thought against Ulster, um, against Ulster he had lots of bright moments. Um, even though the team were were poor. And yeah, I'd go with him this week, um, and and give him a shot, give him a shot in what'll probably be he'd be on the front foot. I know Harry will be on the front foot as well, but um, I'd I'd go with Ross and and Frawley at ten twelve. 
Yeah, like everyone's talking about Harry Byrne at the moment and, and always do. He's a player who attracts a lot of, I don't know, discussion and debate, Birch. We actually got a question about Ross Byrne specifically from Neil Murphy who says, should Ross Byrne move to Ulster? Which, of course, he had a chance to do a number of years ago. He's out of contract to end this season. He's got interest from France, as we know. Uh, and there's so many clubs who love a 10 as reliable and consistent and composed as him. Like, what's your sense of where his career is now with Harry emerging, Ireland clearly backing Harry Byrne to be uh, one of their 10s in the in the future? But he always does a job for, for Leinster. Yeah, I think he does. And Leinster have managed to keep, um, you know, the vast majority of those players who aren't necessarily first choice happy, which is testament to uh, how good the environment is there. Um testament to how nice Dublin 4 is to live in where, where most of them live um, and how they enjoy Dublin life and then they believe that if they stay with Leinster they're going to be in the shop window for Ireland and they're going to be winning trophies which is um, you know it's very hard to find clubs bar to lose and maybe Exeter or Saracens that that's you know that's something that you could say year on year um, is going to be is going to be the case so oh, I think he could stay I, I think he could stay because of Johnny's age profile um, and enjoyed battling with his brother you know because I think Leinster will uh, even though uh, Farrell might might pick Harry over over Ross at the moment um, I think some of that's down to just trying to find out what the actual succession plan is for for Sexton whereas I think Leon Stewart when it comes to Europe or crunch games in 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 the URC they'll pick the best 15 for here and now so um, I I reckon if if Ross doesn't leave Leinster he'll still end up playing a hell of a lot of rugby over the next three, four, five years, and good rugby as well. Mm. Where are you on it, Neve? You, you've kind of started this debate. Where, where do you see the the second choice ten being? Yeah, I'm very similar to Birch. I think uh, for club, you, you're looking at here and now, and I and I agree. I think Ross is further in his development. I think um, I really liked Harry playing under twenties in Ireland, but stepping up to senior level is another d- different kettle of fish and. Um, I still haven't seen enough of him to be, um, you know, to to be able to turn around and, and give a, a good argument for or against him. I still think that he's a huge amount of work to do, and um, and yeah, look, I just think that I don't think Ross has ever really played that poorly, and I think that what you're looking for is for somebody to have that kind of maturity in the direction of what they're looking to do um but yeah look I at the moment I definitely think it, it should be Ross for here and now but I'm super excited about said Frawley because I am such a huge fan of his I think he's brilliant and look it's very difficult because you're sitting behind like Robbie Henshaw has probably had the best season of his life last season and and Gary Ringrose is, is coming back into form but um I think to have him in and around that mix I think is really good I'd actually like to see him how he gets on a 10 too, I think, um, and, and see if, if that experiment work. I, I don't know, I've never seen him, Birch probably no more, but I just think he's a classy operator. He's really got pass off left or right. He's got a really good burst of speed. His, his defence is unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope we get to see more of him. Yeah, class act, and he's still Australian qualified, so <laughs> Ireland need to get him capped pretty soon. He's a, he's a fine player, um, and it's, it will be exciting to see him get his, his chance there and be much deserved it's always a challenge for Leinster, I suppose, other clubs and provinces looking at their players, but there's a bit of chat about them recruiting at the moment, Birch. David Quigley in the members' WhatsApp group says there's a bit of a talk about Leinster looking to recruit an overseas second row, which I think we've mentioned a couple of times here, maybe. He says, like, who might they be looking to bring in and why now? Um, 
I actually haven't heard of any top end locks on the market. RG Slyman's off contract, but I don't need to be allowed to uh, <laughs> go, go there. Um, the, the market for locks is is ridiculous. If I get 10 phone calls about players, seven of them are about locks, uh, to be honest. And um, in my different WhatsApp groups, that's the position that everybody is, is looking to recruit next year. So, um, yeah, but the only good thing about Leinster is, uh, one of the good things about Leinster is that they, you know, if there's five clubs looking for a certain player you know um, he will take Leinster's offer very seriously um, and that that's a big help uh, so they can get the top top guys um, I think it's right to be looking for one uh, I, I, I think they're missing that and I think the Ulster game in some way maybe reinforced that um, and uh, yeah I, I'm not surprised I don't know to be honest I don't know what the, I haven't heard of anybody um, interesting on the market um, but like they, the the beauty of Leinster is they have guys to be whose full time job is recruitment and and retention. So effectively, Leo do what he does, Stuart does what he does, Mick Dawson you know manages the business, and guys to be has forty fifty hours a week um, to look for that one player that can make the difference. So um, I've no doubt that they will go through it in a in a in a very um, intensive. Um, process and if it is if it is true and and they'll find they'll find a guy that can make the difference and they'll be able to get him as well. So, uh, but yeah, at the moment they don't have any names to be honest. So, two follow up questions there. One, why do you think Leinster could use a, a signing there? Like, what are you seeing that they're they're missing? Well, it's not just them; it's the way the game has gone. That that big destructive um, ball carrying um, mall, the foundation of your mall attack wise the. The destructor of your mall, um, you know, uh, from a from a defensive point of view, tight head scrummage uh, and lock, they they're just so valuable at the moment. Uh, they can really make a difference to a to a pack. And look, at Leinster are very lucky. They they have obviously a very strong front row, um, a very strong back row, and they have lots of locks. I'm just not sure if they have that profile. A Paul Vinhams, a, a Will Skelton, an Estebet. Um, I mean, you know, the box have six or seven of them. Um, they don't have that profile. A uh, Joe Decore, even you know, a little bit younger. Um, I, I think, in, in, despite the modern game, despite the improvement in technique, fitness, etc., those big lumps to to to, to use a um, a raw term, they they still do really well. I had, I had a guy in Grenoble, Heinrich Root, um, and uh, he hadn't got a great pedigree. We got him as a medical joker, and he ended up having a brilliant career in France both for Grenoble and Lyon um, and there's clubs he's retired a year and a half and there's clubs ringing me up um, now from France seeing could they get him back and, and, and would he would he be able to get back so look at that that's that the big solid strong powerful aggressive um, lock um, and even if they're not lineup options not the end of the world um, they, they're still they actually have a bigger role than ever a Mick Galway type you know now you know yeah, well, you answered my second question there. That's the way the the game is going. So all hail the big lumps. We need more of them. And if you've got a CV, send it to Birch. He'll he'll hook you up with a with a good club. Last word on um, Leinster, Neve. Uh, another question from DF on Instagram. He, he mentioned the Ulster match, which we referred to earlier on. He said Ulster, um, they didn't really go wide in attack. They played quite narrow. Do you see other teams copying this? And is it something you'd need weeks to work on? Obviously, as we said, Bath is probably not the best tactical challenge but Ulster set a bit of a template there yeah absolutely I think kind of continued on from that La Rochelle defeat last year in Europe they did the exact same and I think 
I do think though that when you have your best Leinster team, that best front row, uh, your best second row, it comes a different kettle of fish because their defense is really, really good. I just think, um, that on that day, you know, Ulster just got a Leinster team that weren't physically up to it mentally, maybe in terms of that top two inches that everybody talks about. Um, but I, I do think that you know. Leinster have tried to fix that problem about the physicality from last year's European by moving the likes of Porter to Loosehead and and having that kind of dual threat in terms of physicality on the pitch from Furlong and, and Porter. I just think that Birch hit the nail on the head earlier on in terms of that second row. I, I, I do think that they struggle, that they will struggle in that physicality stakes for all the the good work that John Ryan does in around the set piece in the lineup, I don't think he has that physicality of that big, huge, dominant second row. Um, then that's just my opinion. I think that that's something that he struggles with. And, um, but yeah, look, I think I I'm not sure that that's a huge worry for Leinster when they have everybody playing. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating. You start your European campaign. We expect a big win and, and tougher tests lie ahead as always. Straight after them on Saturday, it's Ulster away to Clermont in Stade Marcel Michelin. Always a, a I suppose raucous atmosphere there. It's gonna be five thirty PM Irish time kickoff. And we had a question from John Malloy in the members group, Bert. She said, Can we expect any upsets this weekend? Maybe Ulster or he says Montpellier away. Clermont aren't the team they used to be, he said. What 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 do you make of that? They've kind of slipped away, have they a little bit? John O'Gibbs there obviously now in, in charge of them. Yeah, look, I think John will will do a good job in Claremont. Um, but I think there's a bit of a clean up operation um happening. Um Lopez is has signed for Bayon, I think. Uh, Para is, is is leaving at the end of the year. Um Jono know the beauty of Jono is he knows these fellas. So it's not like a normal new coach going in um, and you, you give everybody six months a year to to show you what you can do he had them before um, and he's now starting to make decisions um, around how he wants the, uh, the squad to be rebuilt and plus the fact that he's been in France for, for such a long time now he knows the GIF market um, so he knows what who he can replace Lopez with, who he can replace Parra with um, and there's a lot of really good young French players who would jump at a chance to, to go to Clermont so um, their form has been a little bit up and down. I, I was shocked when I saw the bookies were only given a minus six, and a normal, you know, a, a normal Claremont at home to Ulster, given Ulster's you know tetchy enough form at the moment, it's it's minus fifteen or minus sixteen. But I can you know looking down and looking through the results, thinking back to some of the Claremont games I watched this year, they just look a little bit off. Um, but having said that, Europe, you know, an Irish team coming there. It might be the you know the occasion that just they start to flick a switch and uh, and turn it on because individually they've got some you know unbelievable power you know um, obviously Munster won there last year but the stadium was empty you know when when the stadium is full it's a uh, it's an unbelievable amphitheater to to play in so I I actually think Claremont could go and do a big job in Ulster even though on, as I said on form um, it's not there but Claremont love Europe John loves Europe. Um, it's a different avenue for the players and yeah the, I think it could be a tough night for us mm, there's some real class in the back line Moala Raka Matsushima at fullback some star names there even up front the power of the likes of Fah Mahina and, and Lee and Itoria they've got some really quality players Ulster meanwhile have an injury list that continues to grow Ian Henderson Brad Roberts and Marty Moore and Tom Stewart were 
uh, setback last weekend. Stockdale Marshall, Addison, Izzachukwu and Jordy Murphy all missing. Dwayne Vermeulen back in training, Neve, but we're not quite sure yet. He had COVID last week, obviously. Would you be worried for Ulster here? Yeah, 100%. Um, I do think, I do fear for them. I think they've been incredibly inconsistent this year. I think that's probably been the big thing um, away from home as well. Um you just listed out some unbelievable players for Claremont. And I know that the age profile of some of them is quite high. And you're right, Bert, they are looking for that clear clear out whenever you read anything or, or see anything online about it. But um for me, there's just too just just too too like Henderson missing is just way too big. Like that that physical being that drives them forward, I still would worry about their 10 situation. Um, that's a big thing for me. Um, and, you know, when you're missing so many players in terms of the, the likes of Addison and Marshall and stuff, that can make that difference in the back line. Like, don't get me wrong, they have obviously some really good players still left there. Like, obviously, Michael Lowry, I really like him and his footwork. But it's, you know, the physical stuff that's, that he'll probably struggle with. But, um, Ethan McRoy and, and James Hume like they're really good you know young players that have a huge amount of potential um, but you've got to be able to put them on the front foot and I just think that that Ulster could struggle there mm. I have to say though situation. sorry how sorry, good was it to see Jack McGrath back from, from a, a rugby supporter's point of view he's had a really tough time through injury so I thought it was great to see him get off the bench last weekend yeah a few nice little touches had that little tip in pass for Nick Timoney's break and, and you saw some of his quality great to see after a horrible time where he admitted he wasn't sure if he would get back just to pick up in the point about tens we've been speaking about them a lot you, you mentioned that situation worries you you're not convinced by, by Billy Burns no no I'm not and it's it's not a case of I just don't think he's good I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful I just think that in big games and at this level, I just think that he struggles with the physicality side of it, the speed of it, um, and um, and his game management. I I, I do think I I'm pretty you know I've watched him a lot and I've watched him when he was younger as well with Leicester and I was really surprised that he was shooting into to that Irish system um, because he was qualified and um, yeah I I do think and I think there's. Obviously, Madigan's not playing. I'm not sure what the story there is, but I, I do think that Ulster, if they're going into the market, they need to be going into a market where there's a 10 that's going to be at that level that can match the Hendersons and um, McCluskey's around them. Maybe Neil Murphy's question around about Burn to Ulster is, is a little bit more pertinent. What of uh, another 10 over in Clermont? Birch. JJ Hanron came off the bench and scored a try against Beeritz against a couple of other Irish guys in, in James Cronin and Dave O'Callaghan. How's he been getting on so far? He's done well to be honest. Um he's he's settling really well. Um his goal kicking is good and he, he's getting lots of, of game time. I don't think they necessarily signed him to be number number one. He was like he's an important signing for him, but he wasn't signed to be the the star ten that they're they build a team around. But he has done yeah, he's done he's he's done excellently. Um he's attacking the line and uh yeah, um, I haven't seen her team yet, but I'm sure he'd love a crack at uh, at playing in Irish province. And yeah, there's a nice little, nice few Irish lads now um, featuring in, in the top fourteen um, on a regular basis. Whether you're you know you're talking about coaches or, or players, and um, it certainly adds adds interest in it. What what's the state of play in terms of that? Because there was a while there where you thought. French clubs have been put off Irish players maybe a little bit after Johnny Sexton's move, for example. I suppose that's a high end international. Um, and obviously the GIF thing is is a big part of it. But as you say, those guys are, are really enjoying the experience. Do you expect it to see to see it happen more, or is it just going to be a trickle continuing? Yeah, I, the thing that holds the Irish lads back, I think one the French clubs 
got fed up with the agents flirting with them and wasting two or three months thinking they might have them over the line and then they stayed so that 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 was that hampered um and, and to be honest a lot of french coaches said to me there's no point trying to sign an irish player because they let you down at the end whereas you know you make an offer to a south african a, a samoan a fijian kiwi you know they'll either take it or they'll say no straight away um whereas the irish players like to visit um they want to see houses um and they're expensive as well they're expensive compared to what you can get a south african or or um, a pacific islander for so but what's changed now is there's coaching there's coaches there so prendy james Collin, uh, uh jeremy raj who can can vouch for the quality of these players and then Suddenly now you have David Callahan, James Cronin, uh, James Hart, uh, JJ, um, uh, Sammy Arnold. Um, there's a prop, uh, prop down in Perpignan um, via Worcester. Yeah, Dave Ryan's in a gen. There's Noel Reed, um, uh, the Shane O'Leary in in uh, Rouen. So. Um, you're getting you're getting guys you're getting more of them there so again what does that do the president and the director of sportives think right yeah they will come they will come so uh, and you build up that community so yeah I think for guys like James Cronin uh, Dave O'Callaghan uh, etc the guys I've just mentioned um, getting to live in Biritz getting to play in the top 14 um, at the end of their careers is is a brilliant brilliant opportunity for them. I saw James Cronin bought a racehorse yesterday, so obviously the contract <laughs> is uh, is lucrative as well, which is which is important. So I wish him luck with that. But um, yeah, no, I, look, I, I I lived there for five years. It's phenomenal. It's a brilliant place to to be involved in rugby. So I I would love to see more go. To be honest, mm. was it Connor Carey down in Perpignan for a while? Um, yeah, Connor maybe... Carey's there. Is yeah. he gone? I think he won't be gone. I'm not not sure what happened yeah. there. It was a short term thing anyway. But I'm okay. delighted to hear that Irish players are shirking their high maintenance <laughs> reputation in <laughs> French rugby, and and I think it's just brilliant to see, even on a, as you say, on a on a life level, just beyond rugby. It's a it's a great place to live. Um, just just on last on Ulster, Neve Dwayne Vermeulen, as you mentioned, is back in training or graduated, returned to training after his COVID. You, do you just get him straight into the matchday squad? Get him in there and get him playing. Yeah, I think you have to. I think especially when. You know the tough task that you're up against, obviously with all their injuries and their consistencies. Um, like to be able to sign a player like him, and then not to have be able to play him between the rugby championship, the autumn series, and then he comes back with COVID. I'd say they're tearing their hair out. So, um, as you spoke earlier on about players earning their bank for their buck, I think you've got to get him in there, um, uh, as quickly as you can and try and get him up to speed. Albeit, you know, you've got to hope that there's no effects after the COVID. But if he doesn't, and they've come out and said that he's turning well this week, then you just got to get him in there. Hmm. No better way to announce your arrival than a game ceiling turnover at the at the breakdown from Dwayne Vermeulen. That'd be the, the way to do it. On Sunday before before Munster play, it's Connacht Stad Francais, one p.m. at the Sports Ground in Galway. I have a quick quiz here for you lads. Lindley McKenzie tweeted this out. A brilliant tweet. She said, "It's eight years ago today when Connacht beat Toulouse away, and two players from that team are still with Connacht today. One scored a vital try back in 2013. Can you think of those two players and even the try scorer?" One of them's injured. O'Halloran? O'Halloran? No, he didn't play. Matt. Try Matt, scorer yeah, was Matt in. Healy. Matt Healy. Matt Healy was there. And um, one of the front rowers. No, no. scrum half. Oh, Marmion. Marmion, yeah, he scored a try. Healy? I was there. I, I was on COCOM. I, I, yeah, I can't, it was a great game. But um, 
Yeah, I forgot. Uh, I thought Tiernan, Tiernan might play, but uh, no, it was a great occasion. Yeah, unbelievable yeah. Uh, hit and run, and um, yeah, it was it was, uh, it was amazing. After it was a good party afterwards as well in back in Trevor's. <laughs> yeah. That's for uh, that's for another day or another book, Bert. Um, yeah, listen, it's obviously a different challenge this weekend against French team at home. Uh, and Stade Francais had a big win over Rogers La Rochelle last weekend in Paris. How big a threat are they, Bert? Um, in terms of players, yeah, they they're. Uh, they have the quality. That was a huge win for them. Um, and actual fact, I think potentially that win would help Connacht. Uh, I think they'll be feeling really good about themselves. They came back from a disastrous first thirty minutes uh, and just turned it on. Um, Laumape was on the was on the bench. Um, there's a rumor that uh, Kramer Kramer will be back this weekend, uh, which would be a boost to them. But I, I just don't. I think given their their form in the top fourteen, um, I, I think that they'll. They'll use Europe just to to refresh, recoup, um, uh, mental more, physical more, and they'll just take the they'll come over to Galway and and, and just just you know go at half pace. Um, and Galway, Connacht won't let them. Connacht won't let them get into the game. I don't think. Uh, I'm actually down there Sunday, but uh, um, I'm really looking forward to it uh, because Stad have individuals. Um, who can who can do serious damage, um, particularly Barry um, and Wasevi Nakalabu, um, who who's on fire. But I, I think Connacht at the moment their all out attack game will um, will starve Stad of possession, and I don't think Stad really have any interest in in Europe this year. Mm. Like there's a sense of confidence, real sense of confidence this week from from Connacht camp, Neve, based around that that attacking game style that Andy Friend and, and Co and Peter Wilkins have implemented. How much are you enjoying? watching their their approach and and how big a threat is it to to Europe yeah I I love it I loved a couple things this week Jared Butler came out and said that you know basically that their goal is to get to the knockout stages and you know it's not often that we've heard kind of come out with such confidence um so I thought that was brilliant I thought uh we Bert and I watched them play um a couple weeks ago in the worst conditions that uh, the sports ground loved to bring and their ability to move the ball was was absolutely class. I think um, we speak a lot about <clears throat> uh, continuity and the ability to be able to move the ball. They had players across the park that could could do it. Mac Hansen, obviously, everybody's ch- talking to him about him and his his ability to score tries and and find the line that kind of goal poacher esque. But for me, that night his work rate is outstanding. He just, he carried fifteen or sixteen times. Um, his ability to do the basics so so well, pick the right option all the time, um, and when you have him doing so well and and Jack Carty in the confidence and 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 playing the way he is, um, they shouldn't fear anybody, especially in Galway. Um, but it's been brilliant, and I, bu- I banged into Mossy Lawler a few weeks ago. Um, he's obviously our backs tackle coach, and I was saying to him, God, it's so like you're so good to watch, and he was like, Yeah, and I was like, like those launch plays, I'm loving them. Like he seemed to seem to find space and get over the game line really really easily and he just literally you know that smirk he gives you and he walked away and he's like that's the only time you know where the defense are just kept on walking and i was like such an easy thing for something we forget so much about we concentrate on ourselves but if you know that the defense are going to be in certain positions because they have to be to cover the space then you literally have um such a, a an opportunity to be able to break teams down um, but I, I really really am enjoying the, the environment and, and how they're playing at the moment yeah, a real joy. There's real complexity there, but but it's basic stuff at the the very foundation of it, and, and it's working really well for them. You mentioned Mac Hansen there. We got a question from him on Twitter from B Kelly. Does Mac Hansen, based on his outings today, deserve some game time 
with Ireland in the Six Nations. There's still a bit of road left, but what do you reckon, you? Me, yeah, I, I really do. I think, look, I think the back three is incredibly, like it's probably at its most competitive um, from what I can remember. I know Bert goes back a bit further, but um, uh, from what I can remember in sense of that, I think that um, James O obviously had a really good Autumn's Nation, Autumn Nation series. I think you're looking at then the players that missed out, like the Jacob Sockdale, the Jordan Larmers. But, you know, he's on form. Like, he is playing so, so well. And I think he suits the style um, of, of Irish rugby at the moment. And um, his enthusiasm is just almost infectious in terms of what he's trying to do. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd love to see him get a crack in there. Have you seen a better back three in Connacht, Birch? Um, no, it's it's uh, it's very exciting. And, and they've found ways to get him into the ball, get him onto the ball. Um yeah, and they're just going to go down fighting. I mean, they 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 came to Leinster, the RDS, and they just played, and and it cost them in terms of conceding a lot of points. But they, I think, they believe that that's how they'll get more wins. And um, yeah, no, they are they are very 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 pleasing in the eye. Mm. Are there other kind of key bits they need to hit over the next couple of weeks? Because it is a different level, and and Stad may take the foot off the pedal, etc. But what are the big things that Connacht need to prove to themselves and to everyone else now? As they as they head into Europe, Bernard. Yeah, I, I think um, they probably want to be a little bit more efficient from um, their own attacking malls, um, and there's just probably had a couple of opportunities to to really hurt teams. Their defensive mall has has got much better. Um, some their some of their kicking wasn't at, at the required level uh, against Leinster, but in general their kicking game is very strong. So I think that was more of a, a blip and testament to the pressure Leinster put on them. Um, I, I think they're trucking well. I mean, you know, we got to be realistic in, in our expectations of them, um, and you know they're they're a team made up of players from lots of different places. Um, some of them who have struggled in their first club to um, to get the the limelight and. It looks like all the coaching staff are making them better, um, and they're getting reasonable results. You know, I think they'd be disappointed with with their with their win loss tally over the first block in the URC, given you know some of the performances they've they've put in. But that's just the way it is. But I I think I think they they'll continue to improve. I, I like Friendy's attitude. Um, I think he's the ideal man for for Connacht. He's glass always half full. Um and yeah, he's 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 making the absolute most out of, of that team with obviously still hopefully, you know, margin for progression. Mm. A media favourite, Andy Friend, he's just brilliant and open and honest. And as Birch mentioned, they've got some successful stories of players coming from other provinces, Neve. And the latest contract news was Oshin Dowling and Jack Anger signing new deals. And I know they're not grabbing headlines everywhere, but that kind of story in the background is is really encouraging for Connacht. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just a testament to that environment. I think I you know spoke about it a couple of weeks ago the fact that the way Andy Friend has the motoring together as a group you know culture is so so important especially when you're kind of punching above your weight in terms of and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way I just mean in strength and depth compared to the other provinces Connacht have a lot of players that didn't make it in other provinces and they're how they're playing is just so unbelievably cool to watch and when you have an environment that's good, you know, everybody will go that extra mile for you. And, you know, Jared Butler was out for a little while and they made Jack Carty captain. But when Jared Butler came back in, you know, Andy Friend spoke to him and said, look, I think Jack's really thriving in this. And he's like, yeah, absolutely go for it. Like not many other squads would be able to manage that and be able to 
be in that mindset where they're all in together and I think that that's an unbelievable thing for that group um, and you know I do think Leinster didn't really want to lose Jack Ainger that time um, and he's getting game time there he's getting a huge amount of minutes and Ushing Dowling too I think he's had a really good start too so I just think they're on a they've got a really good group of core players there but that they're, they're filling with younger players the likes of Neil Murray or you know that second row and I just I actually just love the whole product and that package that Connacht are offering I think it's just um it's really good for neutral and I don't know who said it recently I know it was brilliant but they're everybody's second favourite team um because they they do have a really good style and um and they're just you can just buy into them quite easily do you know kind of way Mm, it'd be great to see it continue this weekend so it sounds like sorry both of you are thinking three wins for the provinces and Ulster to to maybe come yeah. up short yeah yeah me anyway yeah 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 me too let's see let's see how it works out some other games that are going to be brilliant this weekend starts with Saints against Racing on Friday night with the the man you mentioned earlier on Birch Mike Prendergast how have they been playing ahead of this big European oh, Open it's it's a tricky season start of season for them um, I think they've got 21 or 22 players off contract that's not ideal um, when you're a club like Racing. So I think they probably manage that poorly. Um, they need to get that sorted out that you don't have that many players in contract negotiations. And, and obviously, if you're playing for Racing, you're, you're a target from, from every club because they've got a lot of quality. Um, so they, they lost quite heavily to Bordeaux. Um, uh, but Bordeaux are obviously top of the table, a very good side. But um, they haven't been at their best. But yes, you know, they've got some pedigree in this competition um you know Jackie Lawrence Eddie the coaches will will want to win this competition I think that could be the game of the weekend to be honest um uh Racing against against Saints Saints are much improved um uh so it could be a an absolute cracker and I, I think Racing could go deep in this competition uh I think regardless of of their you know um slowish start they'll come good in the top 14 and um, if they get off to a a, a bright start on, on at the weekend against against uh, North Saints, um, they have international world class players who can well coached who can do a job. Mm, interesting to see how the French side go. Bordeaux high flying. They're playing Leicester equally high flying on Saturday at the same time as Leinster should be a cracker. Exeter Montpellier Saturday night. You've got Cardiff depleted from their own South Africa trip against the the mighty Toulouse on Saturday at one pm. And then you've La Rochelle are playing Glasgow at the same time as Munster on Sunday. Like, how tricky is it for them, having got so close, to, to go again in Europe? Yeah, it is. It's difficult. And I think I read an article from, from Ron Nogara last weekend where he spoke about they were on a hangover from um, last season and they're, they're still trying to work their way through that. And I think they've just got to remain patient in terms of they've had some very inconsistent results. I think last weekend they were, I think they were the 23 upwards against uh, Stade Francais, I think it was. Um, and, and they lost that game so um, he'll be fuming with that you know he's a competitor but also Europe brings out a different beast in him and he's got to strike that balance because obviously the top 14 is really really important to French clubs whereas Europe is really important to the Irish you know what I mean like so Munster have always been Europe has been their carrot whereas I think it's a bit different over there Um They've got to try and make their own path in terms of trying to get themselves out of that funk from the end of last season and losing those games. And he's got to try and get them to navigate their way through it. And I think Cardiff being depleted is is probably the the teams like that he probably would have hoped to have gotten, if that makes any sense, um, to try and get them back on track. Mm. Uh, Donica Ryan's there as Ford's co- coach now, Bernard. Have you heard much about how he's getting on and, and adapting to, to, to the new career? Yeah, apparently very good. Um, and and actually, ironically, I think it's 
his departure from Racing has affected Racing's set piece a little bit. Um, he was their go-to to line-up caller, and um, yeah, they've struggled a little bit in that space. But uh, by all accounts, he's he's transferred that uh, transferred over to coaching really well. Um, obviously, has you know good French, which is which is a big big thing when you're um, when you're starting off as a coach understands every line out in the competition like it's like getting an experienced coach even though he's inexperienced in terms of his knowledge of what defensive systems you know John Gibbs operates uh, you know uh, Yannick Brew operates he's obviously in, in, in probably two this year but all those coaches um, that he's coming up against he knows their philosophies um, having obviously tried to, to to unlock them um, as as a player coach of, of the of the racing lineup, which he effectively was, so um, getting good raps and, and just doing it quietly um, and, and tipping away at his craft. Mm, good to hear. The last game of the weekend is Caskins Quins, which should be really entertaining on Sunday evening. So really a, a fantastic weekend. I'm going to put you both on the spot, ask you to name a winner of this competition. Neve, I'll come to you first. Gosh, to lose the defending champs. Yeah, I know. Oh, I don't know. I'm not very good at this. Um, <laughs> I see. I haven't. To be fair, I haven't seen enough French rugby this season. Yeah. Um, to to be able to to comment properly. Um, so you stay on the fence. <laughs> it's hard to look past the big French teams. To be honest. Birch. I I, I think Leinster. Yeah. I think Leinster this this year. I didn't want to say. Um, it. No, to lose, <laughs> to lose obviously to lose class, and you and you're up against that individual brilliance. Um, that they that they have plus very smart uh, collectively uh, Bordeaux I don't think are ready I think Bordeaux are real challengers to win to win the top fourteen and will stay there Orios has obviously um, done it before with with Cast um, and I'd imagine they'll be gearing everything towards that um, but I just think Leinster have to be they like you put Leinster's best fifteen out um, and. Uh, it's basically you know, Ireland someone, someone, against every club. Team. Yeah, some of the best players in the world. They're well coached. They've missed. They've missed a few opportunities. It's too long. Like it's 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 too long since Bilbao uh, or to, no, Newcastle was it Newcastle? Yeah. Um, uh, no, but Bilbao they won it. Mm. Um, uh, it's too long for for a team of that quality. So I think this year, think I think they'll be good enough to do it. Yeah, fascinating few months and and season ahead. We're going to leave it there. Thanks, Neve. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Birch. Bye bye. Take it easy. Cheers to everyone for tuning in. If you're a regular listener, please feel free to drop us a five-star review, only five stars, because it helps to get the pod into, into more people's ears and would be much appreciated. If you're keen for more rugby coverage, including our analysis podcasts with the brilliant own tool in every single Monday, then you can head over to members.the42.ie to sign up there. Own is really fantastic, so I think it's well worthwhile, even though I am very biased, obviously. Most importantly, just enjoy the rugby over the weekend, and we'll speak to you all next Thursday. Cheers. 